0: Marks is a dear friend. We've been blessed to have him at Rocky Mountain Calvary uh, several times. We're really excited to have him back this evening. So, would you welcome Victor Marks? Well, hello. Let me make sure I got this on right. It's good to be here. How y'all doing? Wow, that's a packed house. Fast hands, slow IQ. <laughs> there we go. Well, it is great to be here. Uh, uh, we we for, Well, first of all, let me just find out, let me do a little survey here. How many of you have not heard me speak before, don't know my story? Raise your hand. Per, wow. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Put on y'all's seatbelts. Okay. Uh, no, uh, my style of preaching or teaching is a little bit different. Um, and God still continues to use it. So, and nobody's more surprised than me. <laughs> By profession or trade, I was a martial arts instructor. But I'm sure you can tell just looking at me. Yeah, we don't take ourselves too serious. Um, uh, you guys... But about 10 years ago, we went into ministry, uh, reaching our nation's troubled and abused youth. And we have a ministry called All Things Possible. How many of you know uh, our kids are in trouble in our nation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how sad is this? Just this week, we've had two shootings. Two teachers killed. Another one today, uh, a 14-year-old. And then earlier this week, I think it was uh, Monday, uh, a junior high kid. Shot and killed a teacher, former marine you guys we live in in desperate times, and our children are the one taking it on the chin and uh, you know what uh, God called us to reach these kids because you know you can complain for a while and belly ache and, and moan, but eventually somebody got to do something amen yeah. and uh they, they, we, we started this about 10 years ago, and trust me, if God called me to something else, hallelujah, I'd be back in Hawaii. That's where we were before, suffering for the Lord. Uh, <laughs> we had martial arts schools, and I was a businessman in a construction company, and I, we never saw this coming. Uh, but yet, uh, when we're Christians, there comes a time in our life where we actually will become His disciple. Yeah? I mean, that's kind of like ultimately what we want to do. And I know sometimes we're in, sometimes we're out. uh, But the Lord says, come on. I saved you for a purpose. Now let me use your life for the maximum benefit while you're here on this earth. Because your life will be much better. Uh, Some of the happiest people I come across are those who are completely surrendered and on fire for the Lord. There are also some that go through some of the hardest times. But it's okay, because they know they're in the battle. Some of the most miserable people I meet are Christians who half-step it. They stay one foot in the world to do their own thing, and then one foot in the church, or as people say, they straddle the fence. Have you ever stopped to think about that? (laughs) Have you ever seen anybody straddled up on a fence? I'm from the South. I quite did not make it one time, and I straddled up on a fence. Not a good thing at all. Hmm. And in that category of Christians I see who are miserable are those who have unforgiveness in their heart, of which I used to be one. Hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight, uh, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Or the title of the message is When You Just Can't Forgive A.K.A. that bonehead who you hate Okay So let's pray Father thank you for this evening And we sure hope you were uh, honored By our sacrifice of praise Worshiping you as a group Lord how sweet it is And Father I pray in the name of Jesus that those who are here tonight would receive what you would have for them, Lord. You know our backgrounds. You know what we struggle with And trying to broach this subject. Whether a person is an atheist or a believer or a Buddhist, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a human malady of bitterness and unforgiveness that, that ruins and drives people to do the craziest things. And certainly not to experience freedom. So Father, do that which you will, you desire, help me to become invisible, so you, the invisible one, can become very visible and present, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So let me update y'all a little bit on our ministry uh, before we get into the text. Uh, We've been doing this 10 years, and then, you know, I spoke 120 times last year. That's a lot when you travel. And, uh, and we saw tons of fruit, uh, obviously from my book coming out and then last year, a film, uh, 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 the film on my life story. So my wife, she's like, honey, you are gone so much. And our children, you know, our children starting to feel it, our young ones. We have three adults. So I don't care about them. But it's the, <laughs> it's the little ones. It's the little ones, right? And uh, she's like, honey, why, why don't we do this? Why don't we why don't we buy a motorhome and travel together as a family and you can speak and we'll go with you. And I was like, that's crazy. I mean, that sounds good, but have you seen the remember the movie R V with Robin Williams? Oh dear Lord. Alright? Something and honey. And and my wife has this amazing faith that it freaks me out because when she says it stuff starts to happen and when she prays watch out that's all i gotta say she's like i'm just gonna pray about it okay mm. Mm. Uh, so she prays and uh she said like you know hey let's just i said all right let me we'll we'll test the waters and see and sure enough we let some people know and boom 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 we started getting confirmation after confirmation and i said honey look here uh, a motorhome. We'd have to get a big one for four of us, and uh, and uh, you know, they cost money. How many of you know motorhomes cost money? Yeah. So uh, so someone offered to sell us a nice 40-foot diesel pusher country coach motorhome. Uh, like, how much was that again? Well, did you take payments. That's a lot of money. And uh, my wife prayed, and you know what? We got the idea that people with companies, if they want to sponsor us, would put their logo up on our bus, right? And uh, we, got, we got several sponsors, and our premier sponsors, actually, low-T centers, thank God for good businessmen <laughs> who want to help out people in ministry. And anyway, uh, sitting in your parking lot now is a 40-foot motor coach, a diesel pusher that's been paid for. Yeah. Hallelujah. And we've been on the road coming up on a month now. And you guys are our last stop in uh, Colorado Springs. Tomorrow we take off to Grand Junction where we're going to another juvenile prison. And then we're doing a child abuse camp. Uh, helping them raise some funds and loving on them kids. And, and we actually got, uh, a few weeks ago, we were on the set, the, the lot of Warner Brothers. And uh, just to let y'all know, there's kind of a little revival going on over there in Hollywood. I'm telling you it's real. It's it's really real. And anyway, we just got several boxes of some great toys and gifts, everything from Warner Brothers to give to these kids at the camp. We're like, hallelujah. So uh, we're leaving, but let me tell you what, this trip has been hard. Very fruitful, but very hard, okay? Really hard. I was like, <laughs> like at one point I'm thinking maybe, well, this thing catch fire because we got insurance. I'll just, we can fly back, you know. Uh, it gets cold over here and uh, <laughs> and our heater went out in that thing. And I'm like, I don't, build a fire right in the middle of it. Come on. And My wife says, no, don't do that. It's dangerous. (laughs) But when I'm talking about hard and inconvenience is spiritual warfare. Anybody believe in spiritual warfare here? Yeah, that's when the evil ram kind of comes on you and it's like, yeah, don't you do it. Or for some of you, do it. (laughs) Is that the sign of the bong? I don't know how to do it anymore. I don't know. Looks like an oboe player. Hey, I, man, the laws y'all are passing over here is, is killing me. I, I really didn't know what to expect when we came here. Y'all, the third church we have been at, but I was like, i like, honey, when we go in there, are gonna be like stone. I know if the coffee shop is selling munchies, then preacher. But we've seen some miracles. We've had some hard time one night. We really had the enemy assaulting us as a family. Man, we had to pray it through. Sometimes, you know, you just stand and you endure and you pray it through, right? It doesn't look pretty, but you just kind of make it. And we made it through that night and the next morning, it was like, gosh, Lord. And we went to our our youth prison uh, facility here uh, in y'all's town. And we walked in there and and, uh, we pulled the bus up and I said, all right, honey, I'm gonna go in there, y'all pray. Because, man, it was such warfare, something good going to have to happen. We go in there, there's about 30 kids. I tell them my story. I tell them about a dad who rejected me as a baby. When my mom was pregnant, he said I need my kid. My father would end up being a drug dealer and a pimp. I told him about being in 14 schools, 17 houses. How my mother married six times. I told him what it felt like to be locked in a cooler after being sexually assaulted by a dude in 1970 in Mendenhall, Mississippi and then waiting for somebody to come get you and nobody shows up when my family finally found me I was unconscious in that cooler he'd hoped I and I would die but God is still in control even when the devil's swinging the Lord's still in control of the timer and that ring My family found me. They actually ran me back up to the house. They didn't take me to the hospital because we were country. Anybody know about that? That means no money. Okay, so, they're like, well, he's frozen. So they actually wrapped me in a blanket, put me in a chair, and faced me toward the sun. (laughs) That's exactly what they did. And they were like, well, he got to thaw out. (laughs) Doesn't he? Uh, So I did, and then when I told them what had happened, they went and found that old boy. They kicked in his door and they beat him in front of his family. They out him out of my tractor and drug him. And then they hung him behind my mamaw's house from a pecan tree. Waited for him to go limp and cut him down. And that was my beginning. All provable. I told those kids, I understand about anger. I understand about injustice. But I'm here to tell y'all, when you suffer abuse or shame, that's put on you, the shame is never yours. It's theirs. Don't accept shame from people who do crazy things. And I tell them there's a difference between God allowing and God causing something to happen. And God has set our universe in order for humanity that he gives us free choice. That we can choose to do what we want. And unfortunately there's a lot of people who allow evil To drive them to do bad things. I also told these kids. Locked up. Many for felons. I said you guys. So many of you want to be men. But you don't even know what a man is. And I remember asking. A group a while back. Here in this town. I said how many of you. Did not have a dad. Do not have a dad in your home. That loved you that provides for you, that protects you. How many of you do not have that in your home? 95% of them raise their hand. And I said, how in the world are y'all gonna become men when you don't even have one representative to help lead you there? That's a reality that most, many, many of our kids face today. Do y'all know that? And I'm talking about the young men. How do they become men? Well, they start finding crazy role models. And they do the best they can, then they spun out. I told them, let me tell you one thing right now. Don't let this life make you hard. Tough, you gotta be tough in this world, guarantee you. But don't become hard. And a lot of them, the lights went off, they're like, oh. And I told them about unforgiveness. That unforgiveness will make your heart hard. And when it gets hard, you start doing things that you regret. And you, you start getting driven. And then I shared the, the, the wonderful gospel of how Jesus saved me. The good news that the cross is enough for it all, or not at all, and that he'd do the same for them because he loves them. And that's, and that's why Jesus came and died on the cross, for our sins. That we could be in a relationship with the Father and I had asked him, how many of you, anybody want to give their life to Christ? 16 of those 30 kids responded to Jesus Christ. And we were blown away. Oh, we were blown away, y'all. And listen, uh, it was good. Man, we were handing out books, signing them, all that, right? And then the staff says this. We're walking away, and the staff goes, man, we wish there was a kid you could have seen today. But we have him in lockdown, solitary confinement, because he's so violent. He's been hitting staff, it's it's we can't get a hold of him. And I was like, Oh <laughs> And you know, the Holy Spirit he'll he'll lead you, won't he? I could tell the Holy Spirit saying, Go see him. I was like well, what about the other kids? I'll see that one. Because there's something in the Bible somewhere about the shepherd or leave the 99 and go after one or something like that. So, I was trying to tell the Lord, I don't understand the Greek of it, Lord. <laughs> like, you barely understand English. Now go do it. So I, I, we, go, we go to his door. They bring him, They're like, you know. I said, yeah. They bring me this door. And it's a big old steel door. Little thing. And they open it up. And here's this kid. He's kind of swole up. He's about 17, I think. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And the staff, there, I was like, y'all stay close. <laughs> He's violent. Uh, and I just went right to it. I, I did feel the Lord say, let's just do this. I said, hey, man, how you doing? I'm all right. And it was funny because he kind of had that look like. And he looked out his window because he had a little slot for a window. And he saw a big motorhome. A big motorhome. It's got it's got a wrap of it, right? We wrap this thing to make it look real cool. So it's got our movie poster on the back. It's got a picture of me on there like, you know, hey, what's up? <laughs> it's got Watch the World's Fastest Gun disarm, man, cause I hold the world record for that right now. <laughs> hey, I'll bait the hook any way you want. I don't care, all right? So uh he goes, Hey, that's you. I was like, Yeah, man, he goes, Oh, what's up? <laughs> Alright, I said, hey, let me ask you a question. I said, Do you believe in evil? And you can tell the guards going, ooh, he went right there. We were just, that ain't politically correct. I said, uh, do you? He goes, Yeah. I said, you ever feel like evil comes around you? He goes, Yeah. Then I went for it. I went, you ever feel evil come in you? He goes, yeah. I said, well, you want that evil out? He said, yes. And yeah. I said, well, I charge $19.95 an hour. Here's my card. (laughs) I'm six months booked, but I'll be back. I was like, okay. Well, let's just go to it, man. You know, I don't know about y'all, but... I, one, I don't like violence. Okay, even what I, you know, I mean, ooh. so when people threaten me, it's like, ooh, get, you know, I didn't, I, I was scared. Anybody relate to that? Like, I'm gonna get you. I'll be like, no, I can't wait. Mm, 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 mm. I, I don't, I, I can't wait. I'm scared. It makes me scared. And that's kind of how I am spiritually. If the devil tries to. Hmm, I said, let's just do this right now. I don't want to wait, Lord. And you know what? Let me just tell y'all what with staff present, by the time we were done, 17 demons came out of this boy for real. Whether you believe it or not, it happened. And this kid, when he was done, he stood up, he said, I ain't afraid no more, I ain't afraid no more. And he gave me a big hug, and he invited Christ into his life, he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, which is the greatest miracle. Uh, he's reading his Bible I think, I think there's still demons in the world today I think Jesus still delivers people from them maybe somebody here no. no it's real it's real but we're not supposed to be afraid of it do you understand don't be afraid of the enemy the cross has got your back Jesus Christ, the power of his spirit, it's, the battle's been won. The war's over, you just got to engage and see what the Lord does. And it's, it's fun to see what God's been doing. So, thus, we've been having a good time on this trip. My wife, and my two children, our puppy shepherd. Yeah, we got a puppy, German shepherd, and a hamster. <laughs> I don't know how the hamster got on board, but he is. He's got some teeth. He's kind of ferocious. I was like, well, what's going on, man? Feed that thing. <laughs> you guys, we're going to look at Matthew tonight. Matthew chapter 6. I'll tell you one thing about doing the ministry. We do travel into juvenile prisons, high schools. We, we do conferences and all that type of stuff, but we, we really try to go where a lot of people won't. And uh, uh, we need people praying for us. Do y'all believe me? Please pray for us. And if you're like, oh, I'll pray for you. Well, we have a table set up in the back that you can sign up on our newsletter list. Or there's even a you can text something. I don't know what the high-tech redneck stuff is, but you can get on it. And then we'll, e- we'll email you once a week and you pray for us, okay? That makes a difference for us, y'all. It, I mean, it completely does. And then... Right here we got little bookmarkers for y'all. Uh, for those of who uh, who has not seen our film? Raise your hand. If you have not seen our film, oh for cornflakes. <laughs> Market saturation, not much here. Okay. <laughs> well, me and my wife did an opening scene. We did the film, a documentary of my life story, my testimony, but we did the film in order to snatch the attention of a non believer. Specifically a kid sitting in a jail. And uh, um, I talked my wife into doing the opening scene with me, because she's a black belt, and we did some stuff, and we did a fight scene. Y'all want to see that right now? Yeah. Uh, dude, I don't even know if we have it queued up. Is it? But we, uh, all right. Y'all been so good, we're gonna show this to you. Keep the popcorn down. It's kind of funny too. Floor. I'll get it. Give me your money, and the lady too. Buddy, you can have the money, but uh, I don't think you want the lady. No, honey, that's not what I meant. No, honey, I wasn't meaning that in a derogatory... No, no, I'm sorry. What do you think this is, a joke? I said give me your money. You sure this is what you want? What do you think? I told you <laughs> I didn't want the lady. All right, all right. Christians can have fun too. Amen. We believe that uh, according to this culture, media is the new truth. So we are using it. We're using it to reach out. We've now uh, that film is. Uh, we're on the verge of having it completely done in 15 languages. It's been shown on four networks. And we just uploaded it, uh, contrary to our distributor's feelings, on YouTube. And tonight we'll pass 80,000 people have watched it already. So uh, we're pretty stoked about it. Our next film we're working on is is a film that is uh, dealing with trauma, the effects causes, and how to heal from it, uh, specifically PTSD, and uh, from kids all the way up to adults and uh, you keep that in prayer for us all right because uh, somebody already gave us some money to do it $100,000 came in and the lady said yeah please get this done and I was like Vegas movie Vegas. okay I'll do the movie so obviously God wants to touch some people uh, doing that uh, we're in uh, very deep discussions with uh, um, some producers on turning my life story into a feature film, uh, which is—it's been years in the, of just prayerful consideration and saying, "Ah!" And then just last week, we got an email followed by a phone call from <laughs> America's Got Talent. <laughs> <laughs> They've invited me for a private audition because they believe I would be a great, you know, deal on their show to do some martial arts mixed with humor. And I—we're like, I'm my I said, "Hey." <laughs> I don't want to be no Las Vegas act. I ain't in no competition. They go, no, no, we understand that. But you know what they said? Your skill sets are very entertaining because you hold that world record and all that. But this is what they said. Your story is what we think people need to hear, what you've come from and what you do. So we've not committed to it. We're just walking it through and praying it through, right? So we, we, we trust the Lord on that. So, uh, but here it is where we are our, as far as exposure and then ministry. Let me, let me just give you the deal. Is, is, uh, our YouTube channel has over 14 million views. We're at 14.5 or something. Uh, tonight or this week we passed 80,000 fans on, and friends on Facebook. And then uh, the YouTube channel will, will, uh, for the film will pass 80,000. We've got about 6,000 people on our email list that pray for us to do what we do. And then guess how many people we have supporting us monthly to do this full time with a staff of six people, 242. So you guys, praise the Lord. If he leads you to pray for us or support us at the table, we've got this nice little thing you can fill out. And the biggest lie you'll hear is, well, $10 won't make a difference. Oh, yeah, it will. Ten bucks a month? That's a pack of cigarettes for my wife. Uh, uh. Or a can of skull. I don't know what, you know. You guys, you get to be part of what we do if God puts it on your heart. And look here, I whenever we speak, we just cast vision, we teach, we evangelize at churches, but we give people an opportunity if God puts it on your heart. Because we ain't worried about money, do you understand? We, not, nah, huh? we were here at a Safeway in the area of the town where there's a lot of homeless people. Is it Manitou or the old town, Colorado, or something? I don't know where it was. But there. I mean, it was like Lots. And I was like, wow. And we're outside, and I was doing something, and a guy comes up to me and he says, Hey, man. And he's homeless. And he walks up to me and goes, What's up? I said, What's up with you, man? He said, I'm just trying to make it one day at a time without breaking. <laughs> uh, something like that. I said, I hear you. And he goes, What's this big thing? What y'all doing? And I sharing right. so with him. I said, Man, I said, uh, You want to read my book? And he goes, Yeah. So I got, went inside, got a book, signed it to him. His name's Jeremy. I said, Jeremy, hear me. You read. He said, man, thank you, thank you. He turned around and walked off. And I'm thinking, Lord bless that man. Because homeless people, they actually have names, don't they? They actually have lives. Man, may not be great right now, but some of them are making it day by day without just trying not to get broke. And Jesus loves them folks because they're just like us, creating his image. And Jeremy, he walks away, and he's walking, and then he stops, and I see him turn, and he goes, he comes back. That homeless come back, thinking, man, this is a motor coach. And he comes, back. he comes back, shocked me. This guy reaches in his pocket, pulls out a $20 bill. He said, I want you to have this for what y'all do. I said, oh, no. I said, man, we're all right. Trust me, we're all right. He looked me in the eyes and said, you don't know how important it is to me that you take this. I was like, it'll go to good use, buddy, I guarantee you. He turned and walked off. I felt bad because about an hour later, I was sitting on the curb with some lottery tickets and I'm like, (laughs) he walks by again, I'm all. God bless Jeremy, Matthew chapter 6, the model prayer, people call it Jesus' prayer, Lord's prayer, the model prayer, verse 9, talking about how we should pray, therefore, you should pray like this, and you non-believers, you've heard this, so you can feel all spiritual tonight, you're like, I know that one, along with that Lord's my shepherd one. So you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, you know, honored be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. How many of you are familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah. What I want to look at right here for a moment is verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those, or forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us of our wrongs as we forgive those who've done wrong against us. You guys, I promise you, standing up here, I promise you, this may be one of the most difficult subjects to speak on, and yet it's vital, it's critical, it's absolutely necessary for you and I not only to forgive, but to be forgiven. Hmm. So I think people get caught up. I speak from a background of, I had a lot of reason not to forgive people. But let me tell you what forgiveness is, because I think people sometimes get it mixed up. I'll tell you what, let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a decision of my will. Because no one feels like forgiving the person that hurts them. Amen? Amen? Forgiveness is not pretending you were not hurt. Forgiveness is not justifying the offender. It's not okay with God that they hurt you. Forgiveness does not mean you must immediately trust the offender again. Forgiveness and trust are two separate issues, folks. We must forgive and then we can work towards trust. Say amen. Amen. I I tell folks, hey, there are people I've forgiven completely. I have forgiven, but if they showed up on my doorstep, want to come in my home, I'd say, it'd probably be a good idea if you backed up to that curb (laughs) because I don't trust you one bit. So forgiveness and trust are two different things. But that issue right there is oftentimes what keeps people from forgiving because they think, well, if I forgive them, then I got to, no forgiveness also doesn't mean reconciliation sometimes that is not possible you forgive someone but it doesn't mean relationally you're going to be reconciled to them and it's okay and God doesn't look at you and say oh no the main thing is do you forgive them forgiveness is not taking vengeance God will hold each of us accountable. You are responsible for yourself only. And forgiveness is not easy, it's it's costly. Because it costs God everything. And it may cost you. Hmm. Is this helping anybody here tonight? Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not pretending. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is not bringing up the past. Forgiveness is not demanding someone change before we forgive. Uh, forgiveness, true forgiveness, is really rare because it's hard. Hmm. So, does that help you understand what forgiveness is not? I'll tell you what forgiveness is it's freedom. Real. Freedom. Freedom that allows you to receive blessing from God and also receive forgiveness from God. Because isn't there another scripture that says something about if you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive? Isn't that a Bible passage? Aren't you all Bible folks? Yeah, yeah. Right? I wonder what he means by that. I think it means you got to forgive in order to be forgiven. Yeah. I think it means what it says. But, but one way to think about it, oftentimes you're not able to receive forgiveness from God. Not that He's like this uh uh, uh uh, uh uh. Nope. <laughs> he's not like that. It's you harboring bitterness in your heart where you genuinely do not want to repent for something you've done wrong. So you're not going to get forgiveness for it. What does the fox say? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, did that for my kids. Son, calm down. You guys. Hmm. Man, I I understand uh, what, what bitterness does, because unforgiveness turns into bitterness. I tell the kids in jail, I said, how many of you hate to be lied to? Hate it. How many of you hate to be played? They're like, you you're right, man. I let them stew that for a second. I said, how many of you have ever lied before? Yeah, you're right. You. They all raised their hand. I said, ain't it crazy what we hate done to us? Typically, we're going to do to somebody else, especially in the area of lying. you are like, oh. I said, that's why it's important that we forgive so we can be forgiven. Did y'all see the connection about unrepentance? Where we got some harbored in us, and that part of our heart is hard. It doesn't allow God's spirit to come in and give us that. All right. Because, I mean, if you think about it, those how many of you claim to be born again followers of Jesus Christ where you feel like you've had an encounter with Him and had your sins forgiven and He really saved you? Raise your hand. Anybody here? Okay, that's a lot of y'all. I mean, there's actually enough of y'all right there to change this whole town. Do y'all know that? I mean, if you're thinking about if God's Spirit really is in all of you, that the same power that raised Him from the dead dwells in you, man, whoo! And I know y'all taught well here by Pastor Eric. I mean, he's a teacher, teacher, teacher. Right? Hey, y- y'all could affect such change in this community. Yeah, starting in your own family. Starting in your homes. Dads. Starting in your homes. Dads. Starting in your homes. I tell them boys, how many of you hate that your dad ran out on you? hmm so how many of you got kids mm. I said come on we got to stop the cycle the power of God is able to do that power of God I remember when I, when I married and then we found out we were going to have a baby I'm <laughs> laying on my bed going I don't know how to be a dad I don't know how to be a dad I'm going to ruin this kid I'm going to ruin him or her whatever comes out I'm going to ruin him and I never forget God just said, just listen to me. I'll show you. Oh, yeah, that's good. I still about ruined him, but you know. <laughs> I listen to him half the time. Forgiveness is a decision that I make to obey God and walk in his ways. And 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 you guys, that's the question I pose to you right now. If you can look in the mirror and you know that God has saved you. God has forgiven you for your sins, for what you've done wrong, for your sin that put him on the cross. And hey, there's varying sins, I guarantee you. Some of you could be a fornicating, adulterer, murderer, crazy, rah! All the way down to cutting master's tags off of mattresses. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't care. Born to be (laughs) one. The pot made me do it. But if you can look at yourself and know you've been forgiven, and you look at that person that comes to your mind, and you go, oh. And I know that feeling. Hey, I ain't talking now until I'm talking with y'all. Do you understand? Just like if we were in my living room, this I'd be talking with y'all. I understand that feeling, that feeling that turns into pain. Because when you think about that person, all you want to do is get revenge. Lord, use me as an instrument. Mm -hmm. Lord, let me go Old Testament on that person. Come on, come on. Because I know the devil whispers to us, oh, justice is not going to be served. And you know the reality is, y'all, on this earth, justice isn't always served. And you got to be okay with that. you got to trust the Lord because guess what? There's a day of reckoning for every person. Every person. I remember my daughter, she, you know. Anyway, I'll just tell you, someone was mean to her. <laughs> I was like, hmm I said, Do you want daddy to go talk to this fella? She's like, Yeah. (laughs) I went and found him. He didn't know me, (laughs) but I walked up to him. A group of people said, Hey, your name is? He said, Yeah. I said, I got a message from God for you. (laughs) That's just what I said, because I was kind of shaky. He was stunned. I was like, I'm going to say it real slow because I know your heartbeat is pounding right now and things starting to echo because your adrenaline is turning on. This crazy old man's looking at you. I said, like, Here's a message no evil deed ever goes unpunished. Don't you forget it. And I felt the tempering of the Holy Spirit say, Finish. I was like, Oh, it's so good right now to leave him right there. I said, your only chance is the cross of Jesus Christ. And then I walked away. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> that's when you got an evangelist mad at you for messing with his daughter. <laughs> but we can trust that God Almighty has everything under control. And that he'll deliver us from evil. But he'll take care of evil. It doesn't have to be our responsibility Unless he tells us to engage and do the deal. And maybe he will. I've got a very dear friend who last year I was at his house. Uh, he's, a, he's got a strong military background. And uh, we watched my film together and we we're watching in his house. He has a, he has a house up in the mountains that you couldn't find GPS. I mean, GPS starts to get scared. I mean, it's just out in the middle of nowhere. And we watch the film and he just starts crying he, I was like, man, he was really boo hooing. I was like, man, are you all right? And he said, well, I never told nobody this, Victor, but I'm going to tell you about my childhood. And he told me how horrible his childhood was. Put in foster care, one after another, after another, after another, abused and all that. And he said, I got to place where his, his heart was turning hard, but then he let God touch him. And he let God use that passion for justice and God has used them. He, he hunts bad people, people that will kill innocent people, children, women. And he says, I, I wanna give you something, Victor. I said, well, all right. He says, it's in my basement. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, basements are weird. And he went downstairs and he brought it up, and I'm sitting at the table, y'all. And he he puts this big old piece of tile right on the table in front of me. He said, "This is for you." And I looked at it, and we're friends, you know. So I was like, "And I'm from the south," so I was like, "Buddy, it's a tile. It's an ugly piece of tile." <laughs> what? Thanks. I don't say. And he snickered. He said, "Yeah." And then he pulled out a picture and put it down next to it. It was him holding this tile in his gear. He said, I took this out of Osama bin Laden's headquarters after we bombed it in Afghanistan. And I went, that's my tile. That's my tile, buddy. (laughs) I said, man, if the ministry gets low on funds, I can put this thing on eBay, can't I? And he said something like, You won't ever hear the drones hit your car or something. I don't know. (laughs) God Almighty will get justice, and evil will pay the price. We can trust God. Osama thought he'd get away with it, right? And then even if nobody would have caught him, the moment his eyes shut for eternity, he would have been standing. And he would have to face judgment. You guys, forgiveness is a good thing. Forgiveness is not allowing someone else's actions or attitude to control or dictate my actions, attitudes. Forgiveness is an act of my will. If I don't make decision, I'll have to live with the crippling consequences of my unforgiveness. Forgiveness is getting my own heart right with God. And forgiveness is a lifelong lifestyle, not a one-act time. Or one time, I there, I'll tell you this. I've forgiven people, and when the name have been brought up, or they come back, and they're in that my I feel myself starting to get, Ooh. And, and and I go, wait a minute. I've forgiven that bonehead, and you know what it is? It's temptation from the enemy, saying, "Oh yeah, he remember." And, and I go, I forgave him. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. In the name of Jesus, I'm serious. Leave me alone. You're going to get your head whacked off, demon. (laughs) God will send a big warning angel to hack you. So don't fall for the temptation. Forgiveness is a miracle of God working in me. Forgiveness is godliness, and it belongs to the ethics of heaven. Forgiveness is to be granted whether or not there's repentance on the part of the one who has offended me. And lastly, forgiveness is a willingness to rebuild a relationship with the one who offended me in most cases, but not all. You guys, as a kid, I was, you know, suffered pretty bad abuse at the hands of a stepfather. I'm not my biological, but my stepfather. And you know what, later in life, and it was bad, as bad as it can be, it caused me to have 123 visits to a trauma specialist in nine months. I've been on Depakote, King, Prozac, Zoloft, Lithium. I've suffered dissociation of my mind, acute levels of PTSD because of that man. And you know, later in life as a Christian, I was traveling, speaking, and I went through the small town where I used to live, and the Lord said, go find him. It's the hardest thing I ever did. Because he had actually been to prison, escaped prison, Fled the country. They never caught him. He actually turned himself in. And then he had had open-heart surgery. He did his time and he just got out. And I, I, man, I tracked him down and found him and he was living in a little trailer on the river. I said, hey, uh, I remember I opened up. He was, he was nervous because it was me. I'm a full grown man now, Marine, black belt, crazy. And i never forget, I think, just thinking out of his evil instincts, he tried to intimidate me. Like, hey, man, I said, uh-huh, uh-uh. Oh, boy, then. you're a old man right now. I'm in my prime. You kidding me? I can see your scar from that surgery. I'll open you up right now. I shouldn't all share everything I think. That was my inside voice coming out. Sorry about that. You know what? God gave me the grace. He said, he needs to see my love through you. Because everything he did to me would be proof that God loved him if he could sense God's love through me. You know what? I was there at his deathbed when he was dying. And I started reading scripture to him about the cross and how much Jesus Christ loved him. Hated his lifestyle, but loved him and wanted him to be forgiven of his sin. But he had to accept it. He had to repent. And then he could spend eternity in heaven. Because I told him, you're dying. You, you're, I mean, you're right there. And he wouldn't do it. And I ended up going to the house. And I said, man. He's going to go to hell, because hell's a real place. That ain't make-believe, y'all. That's eternity apart from God of suffering and torment made for the angels that fell, the demons, and Satan. And I forget, I woke up about 4 a.m. in that morning before the last time I'd ever seen him, and God put it on my heart just to start praying for him. I started praying for his salvation, and I started weeping. A supernatural act of God. No way I'm going to weep for a man who... Done evil like that to me and my family. I felt the heart of God, y'all. I felt the heart of God. It's overwhelming. Now I went in that next morning. He's in that bed, and he had a new nurse. He said, "Hey nurse, this is my son." He said, uh, "He said I'm proud of him. He became a preacher man." And he said, "He's been worried about my eternity." but he don't have to worry no more. He said, I made it right with God last night. The nurse actually backed up out of the room. It was a very holy moment. I thought, Lord, what what do I say? I don't even know what to say now. And he just said, tell him you love him. I said, dad, I love you. For the first time in my life, he looked at me and he said, boy, I love you too. And I felt good, y'all. And then I knew I was done, so I grabbed the pillow. <laughs> what kind of church is it? They laugh at that. What? What are you teaching these people here? That's wrong. Very funny. Very funny, but wrong. That's how I regulate my emotions. I don't get up here and cry. Wow. Because God gave me the grace to forgive him. He got free. And guess who else got free? Victor Marx. Because it don't matter if some people die. You can still be bound up because of unforgiveness. And some of you, for people who have died, you need to go home tonight and write a letter. Forgive them. Not just what they did, but just say, I give them my right to hurt you back for hurting me, what you did to our family, what you did to me. Some of you need to be able to pray that to God and say, I forgive that person. I forgive. Well, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, there may be some here right now tonight watching, listening, or here in this sanctuary that absolutely you've put your spirit right on a place in the heart of unforgiveness towards someone. Or maybe it's a group of people. It could be a man in a business deal and you got burnt. You just got burnt. It could be a teenager in high school and friends have, have turned on you or you've been bullied. It could be a, a gal in here who an ex husband left you. He, he took your prime of life and then he, he left you and he dumped you. Well, Let me tell you something you may feel alone, but you're not because Jesus is with you if you got him. It may be a person in here and you remember abuse from your childhood. And it still burns. Remember, the shame was never yours. You can let that go. God calls you all to forgive them. You may be a person here tonight. You go, Victor, man, I need prayer for that. If that's you, let me pray for you. Would you raise your hand real high? And I'll pray for you all. God bless all of your hands. God bless you all. There's a bunch of you. Put them up and you can put it down. God bless all of you. Good. Anyone else, just pray for me, Victor, please. God bless you. God bless you all. Good. God bless you. God bless you too. I see y'all right there. Good, brother. I right don't. Anyone else? You just know God's dealing with you. Good. It's safe. Hey, you can trust God. You can trust God. Uh, forgiving some money, don't worry. That don't make you weak. Yeah? they actually make you stronger. Anyone else? Pray for me, Victor. God bless all of you. God bless all of you. Good. 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 Young and old. Praise the Lord. Hey, you may be here tonight and you say, Victor. Just like that scripture said, asking the Lord to forgive my debts. As I forgive my debtors. I've never asked God to forgive me, for real. I've never given my life to Jesus. Well, you ought to tonight. If he's drawing you, this is the night you should say, I surrender all to Jesus. I want to give my life to the Lord. I need to be forgiven for myself. I want to repent for the wrong I've had. Boy, I'll tell you what, it's a whole lot easier to forgive others when you've experienced the forgiveness of God. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you lift your hand up real high, and I'll pray for you. God bless you. God bless you in the back. God bless you there, buddy. Who else? God's drawing you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Pray for me, Victor. I, I, tonight's my night to surrender. God bless you, buddy. God, if you feel like God's drawing you, then just respond. You can trust him. Anyone else? Please pray for me. Anyone else? God bless you, buddy. God bless you. God bless you too. Right on. I love it. I love it when people experience. God bless you. God bless y'all. Good. God bless you in the back. Hey, this is good. This is good. God bless you, little one. Anyone else far pray right now? Lift your hand up right now and I'm going to pray for y'all. Anyone else? God bless you. And you. And you. Over here. Okay, good. You worried me for a minute. I thought you pointed at your husband. He needs, to, he needs to pray. Okay, that was, thank you. That was some. Anyone else? I'll make sure and get all of you. God sees your hand too in the back. And those of you who are watching and listening. Good. Praise the Lord. Pray this prayer right now. If you raise your hand for either one, just say, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me a sinner. Help me to forgive those who've offended me. Help me to genuinely forgive them to be free. Fill me with your spirit in that place out of hell bitterness. Fill me with your love so that I can be a vessel of honor for your name and for your glory. It's in your beautiful name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, you guys. Praise the Lord. Hey, if you pray today, tonight, and you want to pray with somebody afterwards, make sure you come up. We'll have a pastor up there to pray for you, to encourage you, all right, especially if you give your life to Christ. Continue to seek the Lord. Will you, will you remember us in prayer? Yeah. Hey, in the back, we have that table. Look, this is how we do ministry. It's, it's kind of weird. If you want a copy of my book or my film then you can have it for free. We don't have one for everybody, so believe me, kids, don't go grab 20, okay? Uh, But if you wanna help support us, we've got a big fancy box. A cardboard box. (laughs) Just put something in there, okay? And uh, if you're still not a believer and you're used to stealing and you wanna read my book or video, run through, just run through the lobby, grab it, and run out. (laughs) Pretend you're in Walmart, okay? Take it. I'll give you my blessing. God bless you guys.